Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, September 26th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, starting with baseball as we are wrapping up the MLB regular season. Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run of the season on Tuesday, which looked to be the start of a record-breaking week. However, that was the only homer for the week for the slugger, despite multiple home runs by his teammates. He has 10 regular season games left to break the record, though. Sticking with home runs, Albert Pujols hit home run number 699 and number 700 on Friday night against the Dodgers. The first was in the third inning and the 700th was in the fourth. We have eight regular season games left, so let's see how many he can add to that total. But he does now join Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth in the club for 700. The Dodgers have also clinched the best league record with 106 wins. That ties a franchise record, and there's nine regular season games left for that team. They will play the Padres and the Rockies. The Guardians also clinched the American League Central Division for the first time since 2018. The Yankees, Mets, and the Braves have also all clinched playoff berths, while the Red Sox, Angels, Diamondbacks, and Rockies have been added to the eliminated from playoff lists. We do have a little bit of basketball news because it was huge during the middle of the week. Celtics head coach Ime Udoka has been suspended for an entire season after having an intimate but consensual relationship with a female staffer. This is against organization's guidelines, so that led to the huge suspension. This is a very unprecedented thing that it would last this long. This is a huge blow also for the organization that literally made it to finals last year. And Udoka is an up and coming coach. This was just his second year as head coach and Boston already went to the finals. They also went 28 and seven in their final 35 games after a terrible under 500 start. Moving along to college football week three was crazy. Number six, Oklahoma fell to unranked Kansas state again, The Wildcats have had the Sooners number in recent years, and this was no different. The Wildcats went up early and controlled the game the whole time. Another undefeated team goes down. Number seven, USC, who is normally so offensively heavy, struggled to score touchdowns against Oregon State, but after an interception in Beaver territory, took the W 17-14. Number 10, Arkansas took an early lead and it looked like the game was going to get ugly, but number 23, Texas A&M fought back to win 23 to 21. Number 11, Tennessee finally gets it done against number 20, Florida. Pretty much no matter how bad a Florida team was, they still managed to beat the Vols. That was until on Saturday. By the way, the Vols stands for volunteers, but everybody calls them the Vols. Tennessee took it home 38 to 33. Number 15, Oregon looked to be taking an L against Wazoo, but after a great final four minutes by QB Bo Nix, the Ducks won by three. Number five, Clemson came back to win against number 21, Wake Forest in double overtime. 
Wake Forest was trying to win its first game in that matchup since 2008. Speaking of 2008, that was the last time the Red Raiders beat Texas in Lubbock, and that was with Michael Crabtree's amazing sideline catch. That was until this weekend when Texas Tech upset number 22 Texas in overtime with some killer field goals. And finally, to round out the weekend, number 25 Miami lost by two scores to Middle Tennessee. That is their first win over a ranked team ever. There were definitely more headlines and more scores, so check out the scores on the blog But there, because there was a lot more close games than there should have been this week. Moving on to the NFL, week three, eight games were decided by a touchdown or less. The Texans can't buy a win, losing by just three to the Bears, 23-20. to But at least they have a tie, because the Raiders are now 0-3 after losing to the Titans by two. The Colts get their first win over the Chiefs of all teams, and it could have been thanks to an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Check out the blog for that link. They are now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Dolphins are undefeated after beating the Bills, and the OC just completely lost his stuff, for a nicer word, because the Bills rushed back to the line to try and get the snap off after a runner got tackled inbounds, which means the clock still runs, and they just ran out of time. The offensive coordinator lost it in the booth. The Vikings scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to win 28-24 to over the Lions. The Eagles scored 24 points in the second quarter alone, and then they were done, winning 24-8 to against the Commanders. Baker Mayfield and the Panthers get their first win, 22-14 to over the Saints. Also surprising, the Jaguars beat the Chargers 38-10 to to improve to 2-1. and and Tom Brady and the Bucks struggled to score a touchdown until the final 30 seconds of their game. Then they missed a two-point conversion to take the game into overtime. They take a loss. So the Packers won 14-12. to The Broncos also won by one in Sunday night football's game against the 49ers with a very odd score of 11-10. to the Miami Dolphins' decision to put in quarterback Tua Tungavaloa back in the game after a head injury is being reviewed by the NFLPA. He hit his head hard in the first half with two minutes to go and fell trying to walk off the field. Concussion protocols were followed according to the team. They are a six-step process that if you're deemed inconclusive or positive on any of those, the player must be removed, brought into the locker room for a more comprehensive examination. However, Tua came back literally after halftime and started the second half. So that's why it's being investigated. After the game, the Dolphins coach did say that it was his back, not his head. TBD on what happens here, but it could still be nothing. Also, interesting news, the Pro Bowl is no more. Although the Pro Bowl has been around since 1951, the NFL will be replacing it with a skills competition and a flag football game. This will be held in Vegas the weekend of February 5th, so right around the Super Bowl. Basically, the Pro Bowl used to be a full-fledged, full-contact football game, and players, rightfully so, were worried about getting injured, and so they are trying to make that a little bit less injury-prone, but still entertaining to watch. 
This weekend in golf was the President's Cup, and putting was the answer for the United States team. On Sunday, they clinched the President's Cup over the international team. The international team started off pretty slow, going into the weekend down two points to eight, but kept the Americans honest after a good, solid Saturday. Then they ended up seven to 11. The Sunday singles could not have been closer, with the Americans winning one more than the internationals. But that didn't matter. They just had too much to make up to start the day. Jordan Spieth, who had some crazy good putts and chip-ins. I mean, it was nuts. He went 5-0-0 and zero and zero for the week. And Max Homa was the best rookie at 4-0-0. The international team was hit hard by the Live Tour players, Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman specifically, being banned as they had eight rookies on the team compared to the Americans who had all 12 members within the world top 25. The United States won the President's Cup 17.5 to 12.5. I don't usually cover motorsports, but I do have two headlines for you. Formula One has added another American stop on its calendar. It will be Las Vegas. The downside is it will be Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. And then also Jimmy Johnson has retired from racing at age 47. He is a seven-time NASCAR champion. Also a little bit of Olympic news. Yulip Pogi broke his own world record in the marathon on Sunday in Berlin, running two hours and one minute and nine seconds. That is 30 seconds faster than his previous world record and brings the human race closer to that sub two hour mark. Also on a sad note, Roger Federer has played in his last event. The Lava Air Cup was as part of Team Europe. However, Team World beat Team Europe thanks to U.S. rising star Francis TFO. He beat his opponent and the final score ended up 13 to 8. This is the first time that Team World actually won the event in its five times taking place. So unfortunately, Roger Federer's last event is a loss. All right, moving on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. In baseball, we only have one game on regular scheduled programming. That is Sunday, the Mets at the Braves at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Remember, we are rapidly coming to the close of the MLB season. The last day of season is October 5th. In the world of college football, top 25 games of the week for week five, and it's a action-packed week. Starting with number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss on Saturday at 11 a.m. Catch that on ESPN. Then Alabama goes to number 20, Arkansas. Can they bounce back at 2.30 on CBS? Number nine, Oklahoma State plays at number 16, Baylor, also at 2.30 on Fox. And 2.30 is a busy time because we also have number 22, Wake Forest, at newly ranked 23, Florida State. Again, at 2.30, that will be on ABC. College game day will go to number 10, NC State, at number 5, Clemson. So Clemson will be hosting game day again. That is at 6.30 on ABC. Moving on to the NFL, we've got Monday Night Football tonight, the Cowboys at the Giants, and man, these two teams hate each other, at 7.15 on ESPN and ABC. Thursday, you can catch the Dolphins have a quick turnaround, so we'll see if Tua Tagovailoa comes back at the Bengals at 7.15 on Prime Video. 
Sunday, you can catch the Vikings at the Saints. That will be at 8.30 a.m. on NFL Network. That is because they're playing overseas in London. Then we have nine games on Fox or CBS at noon. Those Fox games are the Commanders at the Cowboys, the Seahawks at the Lions, the Titans at the Colts, and the Bears at the Giants. The CBS games are the Browns at the Falcons, the Jets at the Steelers, the Jaguars at the Eagles, the Bills at the Ravens, and the Chargers at the Texans. At 3.05 on Fox, you can catch the Cardinals at the Panthers. That's two Sooner quarterbacks battling it out. Then at 3.25 on CBS, either the Patriots at the Packers or the Broncos at the Raiders. And rounding out Sunday night football, the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. So Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady at 7.20 on NBC. That will be amazing to watch. Ending that week will be Monday the Monday Night Football Rams at the 49ers at 7.15 on ESPN. The PGA Tour regular season is back. Not a lot of turnaround for people who competed in the President's Cup. But the Sanderson Farms Championship will start on Thursday with round one at 2.30 on Golf Channel. Round two is the same time on Friday. And then Saturday, round three will be televised at 3 p.m. on Golf Channel, followed by the final round on Sunday. We do have some Olympic sports. We got some beach volleyball Tuesday, beach volleyball, AVP pro Phoenix championship at 9 PM on Fox sports one. And then actually women's volleyball, Ohio state versus Michigan. So the big battle in the big 10 at 6 PM on Wednesday on Fox sports one. We also have a lot of soccer going on as well. That's NCAA men's NCAA women's. And then we also have the Premier League as well. So check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more on that. That wraps it up for me this week. We have the MLB season coming to a close with playoffs coming up very quickly. So it's an exciting time, especially with NFL and college football upsets everywhere. So check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more stories as well as links to those highlight videos. And I'll catch you all next week.